Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 72, You Must Roll Before You Act. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have again, Cody, as my guest on the show. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks again for having me back. Well, thanks for being on. Cody was my guest. I can't remember which episode number it was, but it was the episode about vinyls. So if you want to learn more about Cody on that episode, because he has multiple interests, that episode was all about vinyls, and this episode's about D&D. But before we start talking about D&D, for the people who haven't listened to the vinyl episode yet, who is Cody? So, Cody, nerd, usual, typical nerd, I would say. I feel like I'm just going to rehash my intro from. <laughs> it was, a. Uh, I know we, I just said I don't know, I don't listen to that episode, but it's episode 57. So if you want to listen to it, episode 57, collecting vinyl, I play games, video games, board games, uh, RPG games, obviously. I collect vinyl. I, uh, In between, when I recorded last time with you, I got a dog. So now my life is kind of revolved around owning a dog. Um, so it's pretty much just work, take the dog for a walk, and then maybe play a game or two. Maybe play Dungeons and Dragons on the weekend. That's kind of my life at this point. Well, at least you still make some time for your hobby. And that's why we have you back on here. I say we, but it's just me. That's why I have you back on here. (laughs) So, yes, actually, Cody actually has a podcast as well. And I'm sure you'd love to share that with everybody listening. So, uh, Cody, what's your podcast and what are some social media links where people can find you and follow you? Yeah, the podcast, it's a chess talk, like the board game chess and I have a Twitter, it's chess underscore talk, and our website is chesstalk.podbean.com. And then um, I have my own Instagram, but every once in a while I post about the podcast, and that's at Monotone Cody. And yeah, those are the links. Perfect. I'll put that back in the description below so people who are interested can just go check it out, click it, listen to his podcast first or listen to mine first. Doesn't matter. You have to listen to both of them. It's a must. If you listen to this, you got to listen to the other one. Uh, so yes, today we're going to be talking about D and D. So for those who do not know what D and D is, mind explaining what D and D is for people? Uh, how much time do you have? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so it is Dungeons and Dragons. It started, oh, I should have looked this up. I believe it was in the mid seventies is when it started. And it is just the grandfather of all RPG games. It's role playing, there's action, and it's all revolved around rolling dice and uh, trying to hit some score either set by the DM or dungeon master who controls this world that you're playing in or some other arbitrary stat that you're trying to beat. And it's a collaborative uh, board game that you play with everyone. Usually, I would say four players in a DM is about the average party size. And it's just play for a couple hours, go through a story, usually like high fantasy, like Lord of the Rings-esque story, and try and save the day. And correct me if I'm wrong, but a DM is a dungeon master, the one who's controlling the narrative of the story, right? Uh, Yes, exactly. Other games, RPG games, might call them GMs or just game master, but for Dungeons & Dragons, they've always been called DMs. And of course, Dungeons & Dragons uses a lot of imagination. Your imagination is your limit, right? Uh, yes. And uh, I probably jumped the gun, but when I am the DM, my friends kind of push my imagination beyond what I thought it would. <laughs> I do the exact same thing to my friend who's a DM. So yes, I do play D- D- uh, D&D as well. And my friend who's the dungeon master sometimes looks at me like, really, Alex, really? Is that what you're going to do? I'm like, Hey, it's, it's in my rules. It's in my, one of my spells. I'm using it the way I want, but yes, we're, I'm jumping the gun. Uh, so yeah. How did you get introduced to D&D? Well, I mean, as a, like when you play video games and stuff, like you always kind of hear people talk about D&D or other RPG games. Like I pl- I've been playing WoW since I was nine or eight. So I've always kind of been like vaguely aware of it. And I know my dad used to play it uh, back when he was like a teenager. So he played a second edition. So it's always kind of been in, in the back of my mind. But my first ever time playing it uh, was actually three, four years ago. And it was actually on my podcast, uh, episode 30 of my podcast. It was when we played D&D for the first time on that podcast. And that was my first ever time actually playing it. That's that's pretty cool. I like that your first experience, you shared it with the world. And did you ever play D&D with your dad? 
No, I, I've tried. I've talked to him about <laughs> it. <laughs> he just uh, he's doesn't feel like doing that anymore. At least last time I talked to him, maybe at this point he'd be willing to. But no, it's definitely I've definitely tried to get like some sort of family D&D group started. And I would imagine that he's played on the second edition. Now we're at the fifth edition. A lot has changed since his time. Oh, yeah. It, he'd basically be starting from scratch, I'm sure. And when it comes to playing D&D, do you prefer doing it with visuals or just orally? In, the other, in other words, just speaking. I am kind of 50-50 on it. It really depends on who you're with and what everyone is like willing to commit to. Like it, during some of my sessions, like if it's a really big battle scene, I usually do like to have a lot of visuals and I have like a grid map that I uh, provide when I play. So that way I can like draw out like the size of the room and if there are obstacles and I do have, uh, I don't know, maybe like 20 to 30 miniatures that I use to help just like visualize and get things on the board. But if it's like they're just in a town or they're traveling or something, then I really just rely heavily on talking about it and describing it and getting them to talk to me about like, what do they see and what are they experiencing and things like that. So it, I guess it really just depends on the situation and what is happening um, in this game session. And, uh, you know, I have to ask, do you go into character, meaning you have a voice for your character? Or let's say when you're playing DM, you have a voice for the NPCs, the non-playable characters. No. And I think that's probably one of my biggest like I think about that constantly. Like, what am I going to jump ship and start doing voices um, but I, if anything, I probably do like slight accents for like dwarves. Like that's just a thing you do. Like you give them sort of a Scottish accent or like if I'm talking like an orc or an ogre or something big, like I'll go a little bit deeper. And in one of my campaigns, there's like a talking mushroom kind of guy. And so I just kind of like raise my voice a little bit higher when he talks. So I do things like that. But no, I don't do any crazy throwing my voice around or things like that. I think we're playing the exact same campaign because there's a yeah. mushroom guy in ours as well. We start off like in a prison dungeon thing and oh, we have to escape. Out of the abyss. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> is, that the, is that the one you're playing? Okay. We're playing the exact same campaign. Yeah. We're, we're a lot slower. I'm sure you're way ahead in the campaign. We, we like to stop and smell the roses in a <laughs> sense, but yes. Uh, so for that one, are you the DM or are you, are you a player? Uh, so that one, I am the DM. I've actually played this one. This is my second time playing it. I played it uh, probably two years ago with a different group. And they were all, we started that campaign at level 10. That was a very, that group, we like switched DMs every once in a while. Like I think every three or four sessions we switched DMs. So it was kind of all over the place. Um, but this current iteration where I'm playing it, um, we started at level one. And I am also DMing it, like I said, and we're not too far. We're only we're almost to chapter three. So I'm sure you're well ahead of that. I don't know what chapter we're at exactly, uh, yeah, but that's uh, right. <laughs> we are on on our way to um, now for all the listeners like this is how you know we're talking about <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. We're on our way to Sloop Ladop. That is the city we're going to. OK, yeah, I know exactly where that is. Yes. <laughs> OK. <laughs> OK, so, uh, yeah, uh, you say you played the DM and also a player. Do you prefer being a DM or being a player? And if so, between both of them, what are some benefits of both roles? Uh, again, this is a hard one. It's because um, I've been DMing consistently probably for the past year and a half. And so at this point, I kind of want to be a player for like at least a little bit. But I think in general, I would say I prefer being with DM just because I like kind of having the ability to kind of like shape the story and like I do use a lot of uh, books for my campaigns and stuff like pre-written books but I like having the option of like okay here's this essentially skeleton of where this story needs to take place and now I have all this room to kind of flesh it out and really personalize it for uh, my players who are I want them to be engaged and engrossed in the situation but when you're a player, it is awesome to just have this one character. That's all you ever need to worry about. And you can just really like get into the mindset of that character, who they are, what their ideals are, who what they want to accomplish and just, you know, the friendships that you can create as that one character. But then again, you can do that as a DM, but it just especially when you're dealing with a lot of NPCs, they kind of come and go. And so you can get attached to them or the party can, but you know, like eventually like the party is probably going to move on or that NPC is probably going to die because it's Dungeons and Dragons. So 
it's, <laughs> you know, it's like when you're a DM, you get tons of creativity and you have you are the literal god of this campaign, but you don't get to connect to the NPCs as much. Whereas if you're a player, it's all very like personal. Yeah, I know. I understand. I, I've only played the player aspect, so I can really connect it in the like story mode and the NPCs and my DM John is like, no, no, he's he's dying. Alex, he, stop, stop. He's gonna no. die. I'm like, no, I, got, I need I need to talk to him. Just one last word. He's like, he's, like, he's dead. <laughs> Speaking of which, are you a brutal DM or a generous DM? <laughs> if you ask my players, they will probably say a brutal DM. <laughs> I like to think I am very middle of the road because um, I, I know it's taboo, but every once in a while I do fudge rolls typically in the favor of my players, though, like if it's going to hit them and I know like, OK, I don't want them to really die here yet. Like, OK, maybe I'll make it do a little bit less damage or something like that. But they don't see that because. In my current campaign, I in our last session, I did just kill my girlfriend's character. So <laughs> she must have loved that. Uh, eh, you know, she. <laughs> we've moved past it. it. They were fighting a dragon. It was, uh, it, it was a bad situation. So it's not like I was going after her. It's just you fought a dragon and you died. That's what happens. I but I do like to try and be at least a little strict when it comes to the rules, and I try and keep it. A little more grounded just because i think it's more fun if you are trying to figure out how to do these crazy cool maneuvers in the confines of these rules that are set in place because i think it doesn't restrict your creativity it just like gives you this huge guideline of like okay well i can do x y and z and that will accomplish w that i really wanted to do instead of just like oh well, i do the thing that's just my point of view and do you have a timer for, let's say, when P the players are trying to figure out a move and they can't figure it out on time, then you would uh, stop the timer and then the enemy or monster would attack or do something? No, I've we've talked about that before in our parties and we've almost come to that point because sometimes people like they will spend close to five minutes <laughs> on yeah. deciding on what to do. And I have to like, if not me, other people in the party be like, OK, come on, like, can you just do something and then think about it until your next turn? So. No, I'm not that crazy about timing. It happens sometimes in our campaign and one of the players, uh -huh. it, one of the players, not the timing, but I mean, like one player will get annoyed and say, you know what? I'm going to attack him. I'm going to kick him in the shin. <laughs> <laughs> He's taking too much time in the middle of a fight. He, they take their action to kick one of our own players in the shin. Yeah. <laughs> Let me, is it a spellcaster that's taking too much time? I'm assuming. No, no, it's a dark elf uh, archer. Yeah. <laughs> You just shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Either way, we have uh, so much fun playing. Uh, actually, the DM has a character in the game too, but he's not oh, necessarily yep. an active character. It's there to help us like in fights, but doesn't make decisions. Have you ever done that? Yeah. Um, since uh, my girlfriend's character did just die, I do have a plan in place where like they were literally rescuing an NPC um, and she died during that rescue, essentially. And so I was going to introduce that NPC as kind of like a half healer, half damage dealer to kind of just aid the party um, until they can find a new in-game, a new replacement for uh, my girlfriend's character. So yeah, I've done that um, in previous sessions too. Like when I first did Out of the Abyss, I had a couple NPCs, as I'm sure you're aware, like that helped in combat and things like that. Yeah, we're, not, we're a giant group of NPCs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now... How long does it usually take you to prepare for a new campaign? A campaign? <laughs> that uh, That is an undertaking. <laughs> I have, because the campaign I'm doing with my uh, girlfriend right now, it is a two-book campaign from Wizards of the Coast, so the people that publish D&D books. Um, it is Horde of the Dragon Queen and then The Rise of Tiamat. And I am now on to the second book, Rise of Tiamat. But that first campaign, I have... I believe a word document for every chapter of that book. And I want to say if I combine them all, it'd be close to about 40,000 words. Wow. Just my, just my notes, like in addition to what's going on in the book itself. It almost seems like you're ready for any situation and you know, the players. So you're like, okay, well this is probably Ooh. what they're going <laughs> to be like. So I'm going to just throw this situation in. So it just adds a little extra challenge for them. Yeah. It's a lot of, okay, 
I am leading them down this path. They'll probably do this. So I need to be prepared for this. And then I have just like break glass in case of, you know, <laughs> yeah, they exactly. jump off the ship or something. And what was the longest campaign you've ever played? Uh, it, it's going to be the Horde of the Dragon Queen one that I'm in right now. Um, it probably started a year and a half ago. Is that right? If not closer to two years at this point. Um, and there's obviously been like breaks or like we'll go a couple months without playing. Um, but it's probably been 40 or 50 sessions, I would say. And so that has to be my longest campaign. And how long are the sessions usually? Uh, I would say about three hours. We've had a couple go like two hours, hour and a half and others go like four hours. So I would say three. That's a good time. Yeah, you can get a lot done in that time. And yes. <laughs> and what are some do's and don'ts when it comes to playing D&D, &D, whether as a DM and as a player? Well, as a uh, DM, I would say do let your players be creative. Do, like I said, like I am strict with rules and things like that, but I hear them out. I go, OK, what are you trying to do? And like, why? Like, why do you want this to do that? Because I think that helps everyone including the person that's trying to do the thing like really start thinking about the problem and like start thinking of other solutions and it's a better response than going no it says you can't do that um so i think that's a huge you should do this as a dm it's just you know let your players be creative and let them talk through what they're trying to do um don't as a dm i would say for the most part don't try and kill your party constantly because then no one has fun and it's hard to connect to your characters if every other session you're dying. Um, as a player, some do's, know your character. There are a couple times where I play with someone or uh, different people, like they shuffle in and out of groups and it's just they show up and they're like, okay, how do I do this thing? Okay, what is my stat? Okay, I need to roll, but what am I rolling? So I think if you're trying to get into the hobby, Obviously, this if this is your first ever game, no, I don't expect you to be a expert. But if you've been playing for six months, a year or whatever, you've played a couple of times, you should kind of know how to play. I guess that could be a don't as well. Uh, but don't try and take hold of the campaign from the DM, I would say, as a player. Don't make this all about your character, especially if you're in a party of four, five, six other player characters. It's a collaborative thing, like I said before, like you this isn't just your character story, so you shouldn't try and hog all of the narrative and every important decision. You shouldn't just make it. It should be a thing that you as a party collectively should figure out together. I agree. I have to admit that I am sometimes guilty because we play it so sporadically that sometimes there's a big gap and then we have to like revisit the pages and we have short amount of time to play. So I'm like, all right, what's this? What's this? Right. Okay. Uh, uh, wait, what's this? Again, that is understandable. But if it's like, okay, I've, I have I'm, this is theoretical, but like if you have a player that's been playing in your campaign for a year and you only miss a couple sessions, then it's like after a year, you shouldn't be like, OK, I need to attack. What do I roll again? That, no, that's that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully my DM <laughs> is listening He's like, Alex, you're a liar. You do that all the time. <laughs> but uh, to move on, to put the attention away from my bad player habits, yeah. would you ever be email me? Yeah, exactly. I have you on speed dial. Just, hey, Cody, what do I do here? What do I do here? Yeah. <laughs> Would you ever be interested in playing in a campaign that takes place in a different universe? For example, let's say Star Wars or Lord of the Rings, an anime or a cartoon, anything like that? Yeah, no, I've definitely checked out. Like, I know there are like, quote unquote, official Star Wars RPG that are set like in the D&D system, but it's all Star Wars uh, terms and classes and things like that. And I know uh, Warcraft has a more or less official rule book as well for, I think it's D&D 3.5 edition though. So I've always like been interested in doing something like that in a whole different setting. But at the same time, I know like, okay, I should focus on getting my one group together and play this one game before I try and add on an entire new 
game and universe. I don't know why, but I just imagine you sitting in the middle of a room and there are three tables like on either side and you're swiveling <laughs> around DMing three different yeah. games at the same time. Like, I got to get all these games in. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to do when I'm retired, just constantly. <laughs> just have a swivel chair that just automatically rotates to the next table. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even better, instead of you rotating, the tables just shift around you. <laughs> so you don't oh, move. <laughs> yeah. I just have like a button, so it just like yeah, exactly. it moves them. <laughs> I bring them to me when I'm ready, not the other way around. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And now, during episode 57, which was about vinyls, we talked about how you use the vinyls during your campaign. And we got to mention it in this as well because they're intertwined. They're connected together. What kind of what vinyls do you use during your campaign to add that amb ambient music or that sound or to improve the scene? Uh, so I use the Lord of the Rings soundtracks a, a lot because it's just very fitting. I have the Return of the King and uh, Two Towers soundtrack, both on vinyl. So I've used that a lot. I've also... Um, I believe I've used the Annihilation soundtrack. I don't know if you've seen that movie, um, but that has a very good ambient kind of creepy soundtrack. And that um, I had a session where or a couple sessions that all took place in like a desolate swamp decaying like castle. And so that was a very good just kind of like on edge music. So those I would say are like my biggest pulls from vinyl. But then, of course, I also go on YouTube or Spotify and look up like different sort of RPG sound sets as well. And I could imagine whenever you play these songs or sounds, it it actually adds more oomph to the game and your players get nervous or excited, right? Yeah, it's um in my current campaign, we were over in a castle that seemed to be like overrun by um, spiders and like the drawbridge was like completely covered and there was like a moat and it was just you couldn't see the water. There were just spider webs all over the place and no one expected giant spiders in this castle. And like as that was happening, the um, scene on the soundtrack from Lord of the Rings when Frodo's and Shelob's lair started playing. And so everyone just kind of freaked out and they were like, we're not touching this. We're leaving like this is bad omens. <laughs> it's like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> Hans, get the flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Torch it up, guys. Let's go. I, once again, my mind is just running wild. I could just imagine you like they're having like just they're eating at a bar and then you just throw on like the Lord mm -hmm. of the Rings music. Like, oh, God, OK, mm -hmm. something epic is going to happen. Yeah. They just go into full <laughs> panic mode. <laughs> no, I think I have slipped up like with YouTube and stuff like they'll be just doing like a role playing session or whatever, just like talking to some NPCs and I'll accidentally hit play on like my battle music and they all just stop and look at me and they're like, well, what's about to happen? I'm like, oh, sorry, that was just misclick. During our campaign, my friends sometimes like to play uh, some Final Fantasy soundtracks, like, yep. especially when you win yep. the battle, they play that. Yeah, I um, we use the Final Fantasy X battle music quite often. It just suits. It works so well. It's perfect. And because my girlfriend loves that game and uh, two of my players in that same campaign, they love that game as well. So I know they'll be fine with it. It's always great when you can collide two worlds together. Yeah, exactly. What would you say is the best part about playing D&D on a personal and emotional level? Uh, definitely being able to create the story that is um, not only personal to me, but I get to make it relate to these other people. And like I can actually draw out emotions from people, uh, not even on like um, like when a character dies or something like that, just like something heartfelt happens. Um, like my one of my characters, uh, he went that same castle of the spiders. He found his son that was dead. And um, I guess that's a death thing. But like we had this whole scene that was totally impromptu where they buried his son outside of the castle grounds. And they all just kind of like sat in silent prayer and like put a flower over his tombstone. And I think that was like a crazy impromptu dramatic scene. Um, and then on the flip side, there was this whole bit with our characters where one of the paladins saw they were about to fight this uh, young dragon and he just out of the blue came up with this character that he said that his character read a young adult detective series called nancy drugon where it was a young <laughs> dragon detective and he mistook that dragon for nancy drugon and it was just this huge back and forth and it was to the point where they almost didn't have to fight that dragon because I was just loving the interaction that they were having. So 
I think that is the best part about D&D is just having the flexibility to make the story swing from one emotion to the other and just have it be collaborative and have everyone kind of enjoying themselves. I remember when playing this campaign right now, my friend sees a giant ogre. He's like, you know, what? I'm going to go talk to him. Goes up to the <laughs> ogre and the ogre did not like his race. I can't remember which one it was. And then he got punched in the face and he got knocked out. When he woke up, he's like, I'm going to go talk to him again. And we're like, no, dude, it's not going to work. He goes and he gets punched and he gets knocked out again. And then he's unconscious. He wakes up again. He's like, you know what? I think this time I'm going to get through to him. What do you think happened? Of course it didn't happen. He's like, third time's a charm. The DM's like, really? No. There's no point of going to talk to him. He hates your guts. Yeah, I... If I was that DM, I'd be like, if you talk to him again, you're going to die. I'm sorry. It is going to be a horrible death. Like you trip over a rock and that's it. Yeah. Like on your way to it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you swallow a fly and you die. Oof. Yeah. Not the way to go. Now for you, what was your biggest challenge when you first started playing D&D? It was definitely trying to figure out how to play and how to set up your character because when if you look at a character sheet a blank character sheet and you're a brand new player you're like uh that's a lot of empty spaces there should be numbers here i don't know what's going on um and then like when you start playing you're just it's almost like you you're like paralyzed with how many options you have and you don't know what the best route is as a character and like what you should be uh you should have some guidance, but like when you're in a scenario, like you're in a bar and you're just like, there are so many things I could talk to or so many options. Like I could steal, I could talk, I could put on a show, I could, you know, X, Y, Z. And so I think that was my biggest challenge when I first started playing was just one, figure out how to play. And then two, once I kind of knew it's like, okay, now I need to figure out how as a player, I want to play this game and like what my sort of mindset is going to be. And what is your current challenge these days? Definitely getting people together to actually play D&D because as uh, I've gotten older and it's kind of like a saying or a meme within the D&D community, it's just like, yeah, no, you, when people get older, it's just D&D stops happening and there are memes or it's like people like granting wishes to genies and they're like, <laughs> I want a consistent D&D group every week. <laughs> and then they're like, what are your two other wishes? And then they just walk away. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's that's all my wishes. I don't need yeah. anything else. Well, I don't yeah. know about you, but sometimes when my friends and I can't get together to play D&D in person, we play online. Did you ever do that? Uh, my girlfriend and I did try that a couple times. Um, that was also kind of like hit or miss. And we tried doing just an entire campaign like with people we met on Roll20. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did that for a couple sessions and then they just stopped responding. Just totally out of the blue. Just never got back to us. So. Uh, yeah, we have tried that. It just it, we found that playing in person really is what works for us and our friends. Yeah, of course, you get that human interaction and then you can get to enjoy your presence and it just makes the game a lot better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, has playing D&D helped you relax when you're feeling stressed? So let's say you had a long day listening to vinyls. No, I'm kidding. Uh, go, a long <laughs> day at work. And well, now you have a puppy. So, you, of course, that's the stress reliever. But before you yeah. had the puppy, did D&D help you relax when you were feeling stress? Yeah, I think uh, when it was like a game night and I had a long day at work or something like I knew going home, it's like, OK, I got 30, 40 minutes and then I can start playing D&D and I don't have to worry about work. I can transport my mind to somewhere else. Yeah, it's just nice to know once you're in the game and in the campaign, it's like you're a whole different person and in this whole different world and technology doesn't matter and your work schedule doesn't matter it's just i'm playing this game i gotta fight this dragon i don't know if you've ever done this but have you let's say you had a really tough day at work and there's that one employee let's say jim you don't like him you <laughs> add him as an npc like a really bad npc in the game like here's jim <laughs> yeah. the cricket <laughs> i don't know <laughs> have you ever done and you that? step on him yeah exactly uh, <laughs> <laughs> no i haven't uh, i have a little uh, more sanity than that, thankfully. <laughs> um, but I've I've probably done it about my friends. <laughs> like I've made them NPCs just to kill them off instantly. But it's always like people at the table, so it's all like everyone's in on the joke. See, that's that's good fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Now on the flip side, has playing D&D ever stressed you out? So let's say as a DM where the players weren't going through with the story, they were deviating, or as a player where the DM was just so tough that didn't make the story progress at all. Well, I guess story progression, <laughs> has it ever stressed you out? Yeah, no, it's um, as a DM, definitely. I've been stressed out. Like I said, like writing up my notes or my plans for different chapters, like one chapter alone, I think was like 7,000 words, something ridiculous. And I just like looking at that, I was just stressing out. I was like, I don't know if they're going to do half of the things here, or I don't know if like it's going to matter. Like I, it, that I think is the most stressful as a DM is just figuring out what your players are going to do. And one, if it's going to make sense, like if they as players will be able to figure out the next steps or two, if they're going to like be successful at it, like, is this the end of the campaign? Like if you're setting up this big boss fight, like, am I writing my players deaths right now? Like that stresses me out sometimes. Yeah, no, that's, that's understandable. It's you put so much <laughs> effort and time into it that it's unfortunate when things are that don't go the way that they should. Of course, it's D&D. Things never go the way they should. But I mean, like in the grand scheme <sighs> of things, when they don't go the way they should. Yeah, I thankfully in my long campaign i haven't had any major derailments there's definitely been times where they stay at a city much longer than that i anticipated and i have to do a lot of like role playing on the fly or in one of our sessions they unexpectedly got caught trying to steal something and my player's reaction like they were in essentially like this hideout full of undercover cultists i would say and one of my players got caught trying to steal something from a cultist and his immediate reaction was, okay, I'm going to kill him. And it just, I like reeled. I was like, this is going to go so bad if they do this. And he stabbed him and then got caught. And so I was like this, I don't know what I'm going to do here. So that was definitely a stressful situation as a DM. Has it ever happened that there's been arguments at the table? Uh, Maybe not full blown like screaming and yelling, but probably like people being upset with me about decisions that I make as a DM and like people snapping at me and I just have to like calm them down. Uh, but nothing too crazy. Nothing that as a DM like I mean, just like, why are they attacking me? Like why? Like I'm way over here and there's someone in front of them. I have to be like, OK, well, think about it from this enemy's perspective it's like this person just walked up to them you're over there attacking from a distance and they're like yeah but it just doesn't make sense. so it's just things like that not like aggressively attacking me or something in person come on don't snap at cody he's a very friendly person <laughs> i can't imagine people snapping at you but if they snap at you they gotta go through me first snap at me i'll snap okay. back <laughs> uh so yes what are some misconceptions about people who play DD? Oh, I'm sure there's, I'm sure I'm going to list like 20 and people Go be ahead. like, oh no, I know some more. Um, definitely just, you know, the neck beard misconception or the, um, antisocial, the, uh, this is all they do. They live at comic book store. I feel like these are all like variants of the same thing, but it's just this huge misconception that only the nerdiest of nerds play D and D. Um, and I definitely think that as it's gone on. It's not the case anymore. It's in pop culture, like Stranger Things, I think definitely bumped it up into more people's minds. Um, so I think that's probably the biggest misconception is just huge, dumb nerds. Just all they do is play D&D &D and they sit and argue and play for 12 hours and they sit in character costumes and things like that when that's never been the case for what I've seen in D&D. &D. Yeah. And like, I feel like it's pretty much the norm nowadays. Like I... There are so many people I know that play D&D. &D. Like a lot of my friends play D&D &D, and I'm like, what? You play D&D? &D? Yeah. Oh, I play it too. And then we just started talking about that. <laughs> yeah, no, that I mention it to people sometimes and they're like, oh my God, I've always wanted to play, but I just didn't know other people played it. I'm like, it's one of the most inclusive games that I've ever seen where it's like, if you just slightly mention interest, people like jump on the chance to bring you into their group so they can have another player. Yep, it's the game that brings everybody together and you get to have fun and it's it just lasts so long and the campaigns can be different every like you can play one campaign but it has infinite possibilities because of who you play, how you play and everything in between. 
Yeah, no, the difference between Out of the Abyss, the one that you're playing, and the Horde of the Dragon Queen, my long campaign, they're just like, compl- they almost feel like different games. Like Out of the Abyss is such a different game than any other D&D campaign I've played. Well, it's interesting because when we first started playing D&D, we actually didn't think we wanted to play D&D. We were like, oh, let's create an RPG game. And we started making rules oh and stuff like that. <laughs> and then we slowly started buying parts for D&D and we're like, let's play D&D. It's already already made. Like, okay, but yeah, that was our that was our introduction to how we started playing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've I've definitely had some friends like come up to me and it's like, oh, what if you play this thing? I'm like, yeah, but D and D's like done. Like, it is a very well established (laughs) game. You don't have to think about it. Just here are the rules. Play it. And for you, what has D and D taught you in life? Uh, definitely being more creative and being able to. uh, Not that I'm. I wasn't a team player before, but it's definitely made me really like stop and think and like try to think of other people's situations in day to day life. And it just um, I try and think of things outside of the box now, like at work or just dealing with not D&D, obviously, or like at school or when I'm studying, like (laughs) uh, I know it sounds weird, but it's just I try and think of not just, okay, I need to do X. Well, I'll do Y. It's like, okay, well, what if I do this and this and then that and then I can do the thing I originally wanted to do. So I think uh, creativity is a huge benefit I've gotten from playing D&D. And it also improved your problem solving skills, right? Yeah, I 100% would say that. I feel like it did the same for me. It also like it teaches you how to look at a problem from different point of views, like you were saying. It's like, well, what if I went that way and then that way? What would mm-hmm. be the possibilities? You know, it's, it's it's a great teacher while you're having fun. Yeah, I I hear about schools that do like D&D clubs and things like that. And I think that would be the best sort of club to have as a high school student because that really can like help shape your creativity and your team working skills at a younger age when I think it's super important. Like if I had a D&D club in high school, I would, that would have been the only club I joined. I would, uh, God, uh, if there's a club, <laughs> yeah, in university, of course, in high school, elementary school, why not? I could like yeah. a, a more simple version for element. Well, I don't know. Maybe they're very smart kids. Yeah. Just a full, <laughs> yeah. full game. No, I know that there's a, there is like a kid version of D and D that they just kind of published a book for. So that does exist. Okay. And well, I'll have to look into that. And if you do have a link, I'll <laughs> share it in the, the podcast description so people can check it out and you, you can play D and D with your kids. If you have kids <laughs> yeah. now, do you want to present this hobby to the world or use it more as an escape from reality? Uh, yeah, I'd present it to the world. I think it's, I think it's a better hobby for everyone to at least experience and try, uh, because like with a misconception, I feel like if you yourself play it, you can understand like, oh, okay, this isn't for like the upper echelon of nerds. It's like anyone can kind of enjoy it. And I think it would be good for people to like sit there and try and problem solve with five other people. So that way it's a different kind of experience. Like, okay, I need to one, work together and two, make sure we're all happy with the outcome. I tried explaining it to my parents and they're like, what, what D and D and like, isn't that an old game? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but they're not interested. So uh, you, at least you could share that with your father and that, but he doesn't want to play, but at least that's cool that he understands yeah. what it is. And they're not like, isn't that for nerds? <laughs> but now my parents no, understand they're like oh, okay cool that they understand like oh it's a creative game and stuff like that but yeah yeah just say it's a fun board game there you go it's not D. dad mom it's improving my creativity and they're like you mm-hmm. gotta calm down with your creativity you have way too much of that <laughs> go, play, go hit your head on a wall on... or something <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh so yes do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in this hobby I would say definitely um, look into um, there are some like free PDFs and stuff that you can look into with like what sort of classes and races there are just so you can get kind of familiar with what you're doing. And then another huge thing is go to your local comic book store. Every time I go to a comic book store, there's usually um, some sort of calendar where they have like D&D night or they have like a kind of like a wanted board or like a list board where it's like D&D players wanted like email blah 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 or meet here at this comic book store on these days. So I think if you're interested in playing the game but you've just never had a group that wants to do it with you, uh either go to a local comic book store or check out something like Roll20 or even like the D&D subreddit. I think they have a couple good links for like people that can't find people in person. 
Um, so that's what I would say for new players is like spend some time and like don't just immediately say, oh, I can't play it because I don't know anyone that plays it. Like you live in the age of the Internet. You can find someone. Yeah. There are so many people share the common interests and it's not that hard to find somebody who will share the same passion as you. And hopefully I'm doing my part by sharing this. And then hopefully people are like, you know what? Yeah. I want to pick up D&D. Maybe play with Cody. Yeah. <laughs> Not play with Alex. I want to be sounds, like Alex. <laughs> I don't want to play with Alex. He sounds horrible to play with. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I have to spend 20 minutes in between turns. He just forgets his spells. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's because I, I, I want to enjoy the moment together as friends. It's just <laughs> we, don't get, we don't get to spend enough time together. <laughs> yeah. Now, you mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast, but uh, mind rehashing your social media links and podcasts so people can see who Cody is and where to find him. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I'll start with the Instagram. It's a at monotone Cody. Uh, I know there's definitely some posts of my D and D sessions on there. So if you scroll through, you'll definitely see some miniatures or behind my DM screen. Uh, and then I have a Twitter chess underscore talk for my uh, podcast, Chess Talk Podcast, and then my website for the podcast is chesstalk.podbean.com. Perfect. I'll put that all in the description below once again, so you guys can go check it out. And of course, if you want to learn more about Cody, you can listen to episode 57 about vinyl, so you get the double amount of Cody, <laughs> the daily dose or the weekly dose of Cody, two weeks worth of Cody. Oof. And the last question, you're already an expert on this. Do you have any questions for me about D&D? Yes. Have you ever considered DMing? Is that something that you want to do? You know what? I would definitely give it a try. And I feel like I'd be super creative and work around with the creatures and take my time to learn about them and really get immersed. And I even feel like I would probably do the voices as well for the creatures and over-exaggerate because why not? It's DD. It allows you to do that. And I feel like what I would do is I would improvise a lot. Like I would read like the sum of it. And especially for D&D, it's a lot of like creation. And then I would like make it, make it my own. I'm allowed to do that, yeah. right? Yeah, I was going to say like, well, you don't even need to like get a book. Like you could literally just sit down with a pen and paper and just make it a campaign right now all on your own. So it, do you think you would rather do that? Or would you as a potential first time DM, would you rather go off of a book first just to kind of figure it out? Hmm. You know what, actually, you know what, I would go off a book first. The simple reason why is because it would allow me to understand more of the structure of the game and what kind of characters are present. So let's say if I do DM another game in the future, I can just have an idea of like how characters may react, how uh, the other players may act on like their powers, their abilities, their skills. So it gives me some sort of backbone, some sort of structure before playing the game. Yeah, I... Um... Like I said, like I've been DMing for like a year and a half, two years now, but it started with this book and I feel like I'm at the point now where if I wanted to transition off of the book into my own, just 100% all my own story, I feel like I could. But you asked me that two years ago, I would not have been able to do that. And I can imagine that it's super fun to just go through it and just start to plan. You know what? I'm actually getting like, I'm looking, I'm literally <laughs> looking at a post-it note and a pen that's in front of me and I'm like could I write a campaign on that? Um, yeah. And then the other side of me is like, no, it's a post-it note, Alex. You can't, you can't write a full campaign. I mean, no, but you can start like, there's definitely times where like I'm driving and just out of nowhere, I get an idea of what I want to add to my campaign. And I have to like send myself a text to like remind myself to write it down. So you could, you, it could all start with a post-it. I feel like that's a slogan. Like you could just one, one sentence or something could start your campaign. And before you know it, you got a 40,000 word document. Could you just imagine that? So my wife's not home right now. She's uh, in a different city <laughs> and I'm just like walking around the house with post-its and I'm leaving post-its on the yeah. wall, <laughs> just, just writing notes everywhere. Like fire. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Fall. There, yes. <laughs> there is a bad guy. <laughs> bad guy. Spider. And I put it like right underneath the bed. She's, and then she thinks there's an actual spider there. <laughs> but you know what honestly yeah i would definitely give it a try i got nothing to lose it would actually improve my creativity and yeah i just i can see because my friend john who is the dm right now enjoys doing it like sometimes we're talking on discord and he's like all right guys i'm gonna head off i'm just gonna go work on this camp our campaign for a few hours but he gets really passionate about it and I got nothing to lose to give it a try. John's probably listening to this right now. It's like, oh yeah, Alex, you're going to do this? Yeah, you're yeah. going to be a horrible... Because I might be very literal. <laughs> it's like, 
I mean, like, really, because I really get into the character and the voice, and sometimes he's like, yeah, that's yeah. good, and sometimes he's like, okay, Alex, no, that's not good. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's my character. Because right now, <laughs> my what I would do. Yeah, exactly, because right now my character, he thinks he's better than everybody else. and Oh, uh, okay. That uh, he can fool everybody, but no one can fool him. And my madness level is three. So I and the oh, effect God. of that is that I think I'm stronger, smarter, faster. So it just made it worse. And I really get into the character <laughs> and, and annoys him. But I'm like, hey, this is the madness level you gave me. I have to play the character. No, that's actually like a perfect setup background. And then like to get that mad, it's like that's perfect. As a DM, I would love messing with that. <laughs> Oh man, it makes me want to play it right now. Uh, what I, have yeah. you done? <laughs> it's what I do. Um, another question. So, what is your class right now? Oh, okay. Wait, wait. I I should have looked at. I have it here in a photo. I think I'm a warlock. Okay. I, and uh, Tiflin, Tiflin warlock. Oh, Tiefling. Yep. Tiefling. Sorry, I um, can't say it right. It, yes. It's. I've heard a hundred pronunciations. It's that's just in my head. That's how I say it. Is there a reason you picked that? Is that just something that seemed interesting or like what brought you to a tiefling warlock? Oh, the tiefling, because correct me if I'm wrong, but the tiefling is like a demon, right? Yeah, they're like from, they're like demons are their ancestors essentially. Yeah, no, I decided to go as a tiefling because it's like, it's a cool, like a demon creature, scary. And believe it or not, when I looked up the names that you could choose, one of the names was fear. And I'm like, cool i'm gonna be named fear <laughs> so right. in the game i'm like hi i'm fear <laughs> and they're like what you're like yep that's my name but uh for the warlock i like warlock because i've always into like the mage and like the spells and i've always been into that because you could use it in creative ways like i can't i think the spell's name is mage hand which is literally just a little yep. hand that you could just summon to just do mundane things but i can do like throw dust in the air and create a diversion and <laughs> it, that's one of my favorite cantrips because you can open doors check locks things like that like i anytime i have a new player that's like a spellcaster i'm like you should probably get mage hand because it's more useful than you think yeah exactly and i love just using those things and so yeah a, a demon that is a warlock is i guess my thing for and now I, yeah. Do you think you'll you would ever play like a not spellcaster, like a barbarian or fighter or paladin? You know what? I probably would give it a try eventually. But even let's say when I play video games, I always like playing the spellcaster. Oh, okay. But you know what? I got nothing to lose, and it gives me the chance to learn more about different types of characters. So, uh, like, my, I have my friend who plays, and he's always the brute, and they're always the strong person, yeah. and he enjoys playing that. He always has a sword, and. Uh, what I tend to do, so for our campaign, I'm mostly the healer type. Like, I really like to focus on, like, supporting the team and healing spells and stuff like that because most of them are mostly for the attack and I'm there. I can revive. I can prevent from dying and stuff like that. So I just want to make sure I, I try to fill in the spots that are missing in the team. Yeah, that's interesting as a warlock. I don't know if I've ever seen someone be more of a supporting warlock. Usually they're like, no, I want to <laughs> do as much damage as possible. Yeah, they're like, you know what? My DM was like, Alex, here, I'm going to give you a chance to get some more attack spells. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I like, I like the support spells. I was like, Alex, I'm giving you a chance to get more attack skills. In other words, what he's saying is, Alex, you are useless during a fight. Yes. Yeah. If you're ever in a situation where your DM is like repeatedly like telling you or asking you something, you should seriously consider what they're saying. Yeah, he he made me get rid of uh, the spell comprehend language. He's like, Alex, don't uh, don't get that, don't get that. You because every time yeah. I try to talk, I'm like, I'm gonna use comprehend language on this. It's like, and of course, every time I do it, it's like a stupid animal that just Whoa. yeah, <laughs> they can't like, talk to you. Yeah, he can't talk back, or it gives like simple answers. And but I always give it a try. But he's like, Alex, I'm gonna give you a heads up right now. Everybody you're gonna meet is gonna be stupid. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, especially down there. I um, I kind of curtailed it in Out of the Abyss because uh, you have stool with you, yes, right? The mushroom yes, guy. Yes, we do. And he can uh, talk t uh, telepathically. Yes. And so I have him kind of as like the translator yep. for my party. <laughs> so it's like I, I have a couple new players in that group and I was like, okay, I'll just make it easy. We don't have to worry about languages or anything like that. It's like, here's stool. He can talk to everyone for you. So you can essentially talk to everyone. 
we've done that a lot with stool and then sometimes we so right now we're in a part where we're split up from the majority of the parties or just the four main characters so stool is not with us oh no yeah and then we have to like try to decrypt and i'm always the one talking to the like the weirdest creatures yeah and uh, but no I, I love it man i really do love it but wait sorry it's not about me playing the game anymore it's i feel like you no. twisted the podcast where it's about my passion about dnd but just to keep in mind to everybody that this is Cody's hobby that he loves so much and he's got me hooked on it right now just talking about it. But yes, <laughs> uh, hey, hey, this is my section where I get to ask you questions. So yeah. This is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> if, do you have any other questions you can uh, hit me with? Do you enjoy the setting of Out of the Abyss or would you like to try a more kind of like upbeat, like save the princess kind of like above ground, like there's a small village and then an evil castle and you need to go defend it. Or are you just kind of open to whatever? I'm really open to whatever because it sounds weird saying this for me. It's not, it's very cheesy of me saying this. It's not about the destination. It's about the travel. (laughs) (laughs) In other words, like I want to see who I can encounter, what kind of relationships I can create with people or the interactions and like the consequences of those interactions and like that's my passion like i like just having that uh, is it called the domino effect or the butterfly effect the butterfly effect where yeah. like one yeah. action creates another reaction to something else right yeah and i think with that campaign there are a lot of different kind of creatures and people you can meet so i guess it's the perfect campaign for you <laughs> and i don't think we're even close to being done but i am so excited no. to <laughs> so excited to keep going so uh yeah there you have it another body with a hobby thank you so much cody for coming on and just just i guess geeking out with me right now because this has been so much fun uh i'm gonna literally talk to my friends about this like guys guys i just interviewed a guy a a friend now (laughs) we're friends yeah it's official okay about DD, and he's playing the exact same campaign as me and they're gonna be like whoa and they probably want to listen to it but they gotta wait they gotta wait like everybody else yeah, but, uh, no yes. sneak preview. <laughs> no sneak preview. So yeah, once again, thank you so much, Cody, for coming back on for a second time. Yeah, again, thanks so much for having me. Uh, I can't wait to listen to your other episodes, and hopefully I'll be on a third time. We'll see. Yeah, the door is always open, man. And <laughs> if you guys want to learn more about Cody, by all means, go check him out on the links below. You can even check out his podcast. Very calm, entertaining, and good fun. Board games, everything in between. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you could send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And this goes without saying, if you think this podcast is going to be helpful for anybody or this episode specifically, by all means, share it with them. D&D could be a great source to improve your creativity, make friends and get rid of that dark energy, even though there could be some dark energy in the game. See what I did there? Uh, ideally, D&D can be a solution and it can help you out through multiple things in life. So... Once again, thank you so much, Cody. Yeah, thank you. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care.